0: I get you to turn with me, please, Uh, or keep your Bibles open or your Bibles on your phone or outlines or whatever it opens, 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, and we're looking from verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 3 to the beginning of 1 Samuel chapter 4. Now, if someone said to you, do you ever hear God speak to you? What would you say? Now, what if someone asked you, how should I expect to hear God's word today? Then what would you tell them? Well, in our passage today, we see how God started speaking to one person and through him delivered his word to all his people. All right. At the beginning of 1 Samuel, we know Israel was in a mess. Everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. But God was at work to bring order out of this chaos. He was going to set up his kingdom, or rather the Old Testament model of his kingdom. And three officers will be very important in the life of that kingdom. The prophet, the priest, and the king. Last week, we saw how God was going to reform the corrupt priesthood. Later on, we will see how he will establish the monarchy. But today, we are watching him call a prophet. One who would speak his word. Now the first and most important prophet in Israel had been Moses. Moses had lived 400 years before this and and he was paradigmatic of what a prophet would be. God spoke with him one but one on one. And through him God's word came to rule his people. But at the end of his life, in Deuteronomy 18, Moses looked forward to a future prophet. And he says in verse 15, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. So the prophet like Moses would be an Israelite and Israel must listen to him. And Moses went on to say that God would put his words in the prophet's mouth in verse 18. That he would speak all that God would command him. God would judge. Anyone who would not listen to the words, the prophet would speak in God's name. But anyone who pretended to speak God's word, but was shown to be false because his words didn't come true, was to be executed. It was a very serious thing to claim to be the mouthpiece of God. Fast forward now 400 years to our passage at the beginning of 1 Samuel 3. And we read in verse 1 that the young man Samuel is ministering to the Lord under Eli. And we know how this came about. Uh, three weeks ago, we saw how Samuel's mother had asked God to, to give her a son and promised to give him back to God if she did. And God gave her Samuel. She kept her vow. And so Samuel lived with Eli the priest at the temple, at the shrine at Shiloh. And he served the Lord under his leadership. Last week... We saw the corruption at Eli's house. Eli's sons were taking the parts of the sacrifice that belonged to God. They were sleeping with the women who were serving in the temple. And a man of God came to Eli with a word of judgment on Eli's family. The word of God came to Eli. But that was an exception, not the rule. To hear from God was an unusual thing at that time like being given one meal in the middle of a famine. And Israel was indeed facing a famine of the word of God. The second part of verse 1 makes it very clear. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. Might have been a prophecy by Hannah a few years ago, word of judgment by this man of God recently. But by and large, when when you look at the nation as a whole, They are not hearing god's message god is not speaking to his people now if you come with me to the end of the passage in verse 20 it says all israel knew that samuel was established as a prophet of the lord in verse 21 the lord revealed himself to samuel at shiloh by the word of the lord And in the first verse of chapter 4, and the word of Samuel came to all Israel. You see this? By the end of this chapter, God would be speaking his word through Samuel to the whole nation. The famine would be over. God would once again be ruling his people by his word. And the story we are looking at today is a story really of how Israel is delivered from the famine of the word in chapter 3 verse 1 to the abundance of the word one chapter later. Now the story begins with Eli, who is old and going blind in verse 2. He's now sleeping in his own place, therefore, in the temple compound overnight. Samuel, on the other hand, is lying down in the temple where the ark of God is. There is a lamp that is meant to be burning there from evening to morning. And in verse 3, it tells us the lamp... Of God has not yet gone out, so it must be must be early in the morning. So there's Samuel sleeping in the shrine, not far from the Ark of God, where God dwells among his people, and he's awakened by the sound of someone calling his name. It's a clear, audible voice. It's not a hunch, it's not a gut feeling. He doesn't feel in his spirit that someone's calling him. He's not gazing at his navel, trying to filter out all his thoughts so he can hear this inner voice in silence. No, 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 no. Like Moses in the wilderness, like Paul on the road to Damascus, he hears a voice, a voice as clear as my voice is to you right now, unless you've muted me on the live stream. It is so real that when he hears the voice, Samuel says, here I am and he runs to Eli and he says here I am for you called me but surprisingly Eli says I did not call lie down again so Samuel goes and lies down again and then it happens again the Lord calls Samuel Samuel goes again to Eli and says here I am for you called me and Eli says I I didn't call you my son Lie, lie down again So he does. Now verse 7 tells us something very interesting here. It says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Did not yet know the Lord. Now in this case, it doesn't mean that he had no regard for God like he did for Eli's sons. What does it mean? Well the verse continues, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Because, friends, God is a person, isn't he? And we know God through his word. Samuel is growing up in the temple. He's doing all these religious things. But he still doesn't know God yet. Because he has yet to receive the word of God. But that is about to change. Uh, in verse 8 the lord calls samuel for the third time and he gets up and again goes to eli and says here i am for you called me now if i were eli i might be a little bit annoyed at being woken up three times by this kid who keeps on insisting that i call for him but eli perceives verse 8 that the lord is calling this young man he might be failing in his eyesight but there are some things he can still see he knows, perhaps, that Samuel is not the kind of boy to lie. He may know that his mother prophesied that God, God would overturn things in Israel. And he certainly knows, from the word he has already received, that he and his family are going to face God's judgment. So maybe he's not so surprised that God would speak to a little boy rather than to a senior priest like him. It says to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Samuel goes and lays down in his place. And then in verse 10, it says, The Lord came and stood. Calling as at other times, it, it may be that the Lord became visible as well as audible, or maybe it's just invi- He's still invisible, but but He's there. But but either way, the emphasis is not what Samuel sees, but on what Samuel hears. And he hears once again God calling him by name, Samuel, Samuel, like Moses heard when God called him out of the burning bush, Moses, Moses. And this time, Samuel doesn't run off into Eli's room. He says in verse 10, speak for your servant hears. And God speaks to Samuel. But the word that he gives him is not a comfortable word. God had already warned Eli he would bring his family to judgment and and now God is going to put that judgment into effect. He says in verse 11, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I will declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for, by sacrifice or offering forever. Eli's family had treated God's sacrifices with with such contempt that there was no sacrifice for sins left. Their guilt would never be taken away. God had spoken. Well, Samuel lies there until morning. When he opens the door of the shrine, following his normal routine, he He doesn't go and tell Eli about God's word because because he's afraid. And understandably so, right? It's not easy to give a word of judgment to anyone, let alone the senior priest who is your teacher. Eli knows it might be hard for Samuel, so he takes the initiative. He calls Samuel in verse 16, Samuel, my son. Samuel says, here I am. And this time it is Eli. And Eli says, what was it that he told you? Don't hide it from me. May God do do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. And so Samuel's got no choice but to bring to him the word of God. So in verse 18, Samuel tells him everything, hides nothing from him. And Eli is humble enough to recognize that God is right to judge his family. He is humble enough to recognize that God has spoken through this little boy that he was meant to be training. And he accepts the word of God spoken through this very young prophet. He says in verse 18, it is the Lord, let him do, good. Let him do what seems good to him. For he knows that God, the Lord, has spoken. Well, Samuel has now been called by God and delivered the word of God for the first time. And Eli's response would have been helpful to him, isn't it? Giving him confidence to keep on speaking what he hears from God. And verse 19 says, As Samuel grew, the Lord was with him. And let none of his words fall to the ground. And so eventually, in verse 20, all Israel from Dan to Bathsheba, that is from north to south, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. God had called Samuel like he had called Moses. He had spoken him directly and audibly like he spoke to Moses. He made his words come true like he did for Moses. Samuel was a prophet like Moses. And all God's people knew it, starting with Eli. And they receive the word of God through him. That's the big focus of this passage. And the other big focus of this passage is the the word of God itself, isn't it? We've seen a number of times this thing as well. In verse 21, God continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Whatever it might mean that God appeared at Shiloh, his revelation of himself was through his word. God reveals himself through his word. And in chapter 4 verse 1, the word of Samuel comes to all Israel. There is no disjunction between the two, no tension between God's word and the word of the prophet. The prophet's word, when he is speaking in God's name, is God's word. And so by the beginning of chapter 4, the famine of the word of God is over. God is speaking to his people once again. So friends, how should we apply this passage today? Who are we like in this story? Well, when I was a little boy, I used to try to apply it this way. I would lie in my bed and I would call out, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. But this little boy didn't hear anything. Now God is God. Uh, He can do whatever he wishes whenever he wishes and there may be times when he does speak to people in unusual ways. But the Bible never tells us all to expect to hear him audibly like Samuel. Uh, In our passage today God started speaking to one person, Samuel, and through him, he spoke to all his people. Are we really like Samuel, the great prophet of God? Are we really a prophet like Moses? Let's not have an exaggerated view of our own importance in the overall scheme of God's plan. And we read on in the Bible, we actually find that Samuel is part of a whole line of prophets that go on through Israel's history up to John the Baptist. And then would come the ultimate prophet like Moses. Someone who's actually far, far more than a prophet, but but still a prophet all the same. Remember how Moses met with God in the cloud on the mountain. Think of the transfiguration. When Jesus goes up on the mountain and the cloud of God's presence envelops him. When Moses came down from the mountain, his face was shining. When Jesus stood on the mountain, his whole entire being was shining. God said in Deuteronomy 18, 15, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. And on the Mount of Transfiguration, God the Father says, This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Just as much as Jesus is the king after God's own heart like David, just as much as we saw last week that he is the faithful priest like Zadok, Jesus is the authoritative prophet like Moses. We must listen to him. And if Jesus is the real prophet like Moses, then then Samuel is a little bit like him, isn't he? He foreshadows him as being the one through whom God reveals himself. Now, if that's the case, where do we fit in the story? Who are we like? In our passage today, God started speaking to one person, Samuel, and through him, he spoke to all his people. If Jesus is like Samuel then we are like the people of God, the people of Israel. The people who benefit from the revelation of God's Word. The people who recognize the voice of God when He speaks through His prophet. People who receive the Word of God from Him. And how do we receive the Word of God? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 long ago at many times and in many ways god spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son jesus not only speaks the word of god he is the word of god remember the beginning of john chapter 1 in the beginning was the word the word was with god the word was god and then later on it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us jesus god made human he's the he's the word of god for us humans he is god communicated to us the final perfect definitive word the word that perfectly shows us who god is and what he's like and what he has done but how do we who have not met jesus in person hear this word Well, we hear the Incarnate Word through the Gospel Word. For Christ comes to us in His Gospel. And every time we hear the Gospel message, we are hearing the Word of God. Uh, Speaking of the Gospel, Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, you accepted it as it actually is the Word of God. Remember, when Samuel hears God's voice and gives his message to the people, the people receive the Word of God. When the apostles who heard and touched and saw Jesus preached him in the gospel, their hearers received the word of God. And we find this gospel word about the incarnate word in the written word of God, the Bible. For just as the words of the prophets preserved in the Old Testament scriptures are the word of God. So the words of the apostles, preserved for us in the New Testament Scriptures, are also the Word of God. And God continues to speak to us in His Word. And so, friends, our problem today is not the problem Israel had at the beginning of the passage. The Word of God is not rare. We have God's Word through His prophets in the Old Testament, through the apostles in the New. We have the complete revelation of God in His Son, of which the Scriptures so adequately speak. God continues to speak in this word day in, day out. Our problem is that we need to listen. We need to come to God's word regularly. We need to come to God's word humbly. We need to come to God's word expectantly. We need to say to him as we, as we pray just now in our, in, our, in our song, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Read his word daily. Discuss it with your friends, with your family, in small groups. Listen to it preached. Receive His Word, whether it's a happy one or a hard one. Let there not be a self-imposed famine of the Word of God today. Now, we've already seen that Samuel is on the Biblical trajectory that points to Jesus, not us. And we've seen the office of the prophet in the Old Testament is analogous to the office of the apostle in the New. But just as Jesus is the ultimate priest, and we are all priests in a secondary way, so Jesus is the ultimate prophet, and the apostles speak for him, and yet we are all prophetic in a secondary kind of way. For like Samuel, we have all received the word of God. And we can faithfully pass it on to others. We can listen to it and we can share it. And we can all speak God's words which derive from the revelation of God in the Bible. It doesn't have to be a biblical exposition like this one. It could be meeting with someone one-on-one, sharing God's word with them. It can be when you call or you visit someone in hospital or at home, you read the scriptures to them. i would be sharing the gospel with a colleague at work. Or a counseling type conversation where where you help your friend apply the Bible in their lives. Could be reading Bible stories to your children. Discussing the sermon with your housemate. Contributing to the discussion in your growth group posting a thoughtful quote on social media. We can all communicate the word of God that we know from the Bible to others. Like Samuel, we sometimes shy away from speaking God's word of judgment because it makes us feel uncomfortable. And it's understandable, is it? It be terrible if we take pleasure in speaking of judgment. God, God himself takes no pleasure in the death of a sinner. And yet we must be prepared to do it when we need to. But but unlike Samuel, we do it so that people can understand the good news that we have to share. Because unlike Samuel, we have a wonderful gospel message that Jesus died to take the punishment of all our sins so that we can be forgiven. That there is no sin that cannot be atoned for by his blood. And that he rose again as king and he offers total forgiveness and new life to all who would submit to him. So actually, our job is far easier than Samuel's, isn't it? So we have a better message, a better word. In the past, God spoke through the prophets. In these last days, he has spoken through his son. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you that you have spoken to us so perfectly in your Son. Thank you that uh, you have given us the Scriptures through the apostles and the prophets which, which reveal him. And we thank you that you have given us there everything that we need to know for salvation uh, and to live a life that is pleasing to you. Father, please help us to be people who listen to your word and not only listen, but love your word and seek to obey it and to faithfully pass it on to others. And we ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.